Today, we are talking about white privilege. Both of us have watched Chelsea Handler's documentary called Hello Privilege, It's Me, Chelsea. And we're going to have a really frank, honest, quite tricky conversation about white privilege from both sides of the table, um, just to talk about what it is, how it impacts our lives, and what we can do to start having more conversations and opening up about this tricky topic. Welcome to Free and Figuring It Out, a weekly podcast hosted by two Brits, Sherelle Griffith and Verity Brown, on a mission to support, empower and reassure fellow independent millennial women that they can be self-sufficient, successful and seen. Hello, welcome back to the podcast. Today we are going to be talking about Chelsea Handler and a recent documentary that came out called Hello Privilege, It's Me, Chelsea, which is on Netflix. And at the moment right now in the UK, it is Black History Month. And I said to Verity that I want to do something that just spoke a little bit about um, the discussions around race. And we weren't really sure what to do. Um, And then Verity spotted this documentary and we thought actually it'd be a really great topic to talk about. So we both watched it and we're just going to discuss a bit about Chelsea's take on it, what she learned through doing the documentary, and I suppose a bit of our reflection on white privilege in today's society. Mm, Yeah, so um, I think this is a really important subject that we've brought up a few times, haven't we, Sherelle, in, in different episodes and it's very important for me to have this conversation and I feel very blessed that I can have this conversation with a black woman and be able to discuss it in I suppose the most informed way possible that we can so um, that's why I thought it would be good to do an episode because I'm sure there's other women out there, black and white, who, you know, would like to have a think about some of the things that that we're about to discuss. So, Sherelle, what what were your general thoughts about the documentary? I... I found it very interesting. So just to put my hands up, I didn't know anything about Chelsea Handler before. um, And I think... So I came from it from a very... It was, it was no like fangirl it literally was like she was like you should check out the documentary and I think there's been definitely some things around white privilege that have been like that get brought up sometimes in the media that don't necessarily end up going down very well but what I really liked about Chelsea was that she was really trying to have an open forum and discussion about it and the documentary really just showed people from like all parts of American life and I thought that was what I really found useful about it was this idea of it wasn't just her trying to have a discussion like only with the black community or only with the white community. And, you know, I think there's a part where it's like she went to like down South America to like, and I think I just really liked this idea of her generally trying to have an open discussion and it is awkward. And there was, there were some parts of it that I was like, wow, um, <laughs> it's hard discussions to have. Um, and people are very, some people are very very opinionated about it and I think yeah for me it was really interesting that the sort of some people who definitely don't believe it exists in any way shape or form and I think wow for me I found that really hard to take but also just actually seeing those responses I think on camera and feeling like it came it was really genuine um so I think she did a really good job of actually 
doing the sort of research and getting like people that were just living their normal life all the way up to people that were like academics on the subject Mm, yeah I think it was very well made and I got the impression that she'd had a loose idea of what she said wanted to set out and do but it kind of evolved as she went on so I do feel that originally maybe the documentary was her speaking to black people saying how can we as white people be better white people to you know towards you and and the challenges that you have within the community and what ended up happening was black people with full respect for her said we're not here to resolve your issues like you know white privilege is a white issue and we can't like you know pat you on the head and say don't worry it's going to be fine you know just treat us equal like it's like um a thing that as white people we need to like work on ourselves um and I found that really interesting because I do think that's something that we don't think about that much in that it's a resolution has to be found within the white community rather than trying to lean on the people that you know we feel that that we need to I don't know just I am I'm finding it even hard I've I've, (laughs) I'm finding it difficult to like I feel like I'm kind of not censoring myself but I kind of don't want to say the wrong thing but at the same time like as a white person I need to be open and honest with other white people about this and there's a high chance I will say a wrong thing but in through that I'm learning and I'm you know trying to evolve more as a human who can be more supportive and open-minded to challenges that are faced by the black community um yeah (laughs) yeah I think you're really right as well that the documentary I think possibly changed because Mm. there's a scene where she goes to the USC and they've got like an open mic night or chat night like there's a variety of performances and speeches and topics and there's a woman that stood up and was like um it's just like you're here only to take from us and I was like that she even said before she said it along the the lines of like you can cut this out if you want like if it doesn't make the documentary so what Mm. and I was like that you know that is really hard like she it's there are conversations that you get asked a lot and you know I've definitely in the same way that I feel that I've sat in rooms and people want to ask me something and then you as if I am like I speak on behalf of the whole black community and it's like that's not true like this is just yeah. one person's opinion and and I so I really didn't understand how she was like felt a bit like targeted it's like you're just coming here and like the fact that she is so privileged she can make this documentary like she lives in a gorgeous house and I really actually enjoyed when she she met with Kevin Kevin Hart and another black female comedian who I've totally forgot the name of and the fact that they spoke about their careers and actually just yeah. the difference of how her being white what that like meant around like her circuit how she was managed, able to rise up how she was able to get onto tv you know the film she the things she got to make and the fact that yes she has got the money to be able to make this documentary with netflix yeah and she was very open and honest she she kind of said like she said i know it's a privilege to make this documentary which i thought you know was good for her to kind of point out and say but going back to what you said about the careers the interesting point that kevin hart made was you know it he needed at the time of him kind of 
becoming a, a, a big comedian, he needed validation from white people that he was a decent person. Mm-hmm. So people would hire him, which was a really hard thing for me to listen to. Chelsea didn't. Chelsea just, you know, kind of got through on her own merit. She didn't need someone else saying to, I don't know, the producer of like NBC or something. Oh yeah, I've worked with her before. You know, like she's really good at this. Whereas Kevin Hart said, I needed to like drop names of white people to say, look, yeah, I know I'm black, but I'm like, I'm like, you know, like good at what I do. And, and that was really hard to hear. Like, it was like, God, really? Like, but that's obviously what was needed like by by him to kind of show he had associates with white people to get that respect within Hollywood and I think it's also about like opening doors which I think is like Mm. there is no like there's just no doubt about it which is we all know that our circle and our connections is so powerful to who we become as an adult and the level of success we have and the life we live like there's just no doubt about it the people you know and the people you spend the most amount of time with make a massive difference in your life and the the especially in America and I think also I just want to say that I do feel like it is definitely different in America to in Britain for numerous reasons okay um like there are major similarities but I do think there are like some differences because of the history and I feel particularly with America that him being like we have to have these like I don't have people that are in the positions that are able to open doors I just I don't know these people naturally like these aren't people I went to school with or university with or live in my neighborhood and that's part of white privilege I think is sometimes that actually it's just you are born into a network of society as like a group like you have family like the sort of family friends you have for example just automatically will mean you're in a good position obviously that isn't true for everyone in any way shape or form and I think that's what some of the conversations the end of the documentary was you know the the sort of like the white community in America that's also forgotten in terms of like because they get classed as white trash mm-hmm. um and like that community that we would still say like well just it's like some of the reasons why people say well just white privilege exists because do they have that privilege because actually no they're not but they're not built necessarily into like that certain level of society they don't have the same connections etc etc yeah I um I think that's a good point that you've used there because Chelsea went to have drinks with a group of white women didn't she in orange was it orange county yeah orange county (laughs) and I was actually surprised by this because I thought oh, you know, she's going to them and they're all going to be quite open-minded because it's for the documentary and it's going to kind of show that we're making waves forward as white people trying to understand talented and things. Actually, um, there was a huge amount of ignorance and, and uh, well, racism underlying those conversations that were had in that part of the documentary. And I was very surprised. And one thing that came up was... Um, this I think misconception of privilege on what privilege is and something that was triggered in me with the the privilege thing but this I'm talking about this as a a thing on its own not connected to white privilege but class and something that you've just raised you know you can be um white but you can be born into a very poor class and that will prohibit you from getting forward in certain ways but if you are 
black and born into the same class as that white person, you're probably even a few more steps behind because of the color of your skin. And I think that was the point that was trying to be made in the, yes, there are white people who were born into poverty. We completely respect and see that. However, moving through life, they will naturally probably get more opportunities and more just ease within life because of their skin color than a black person would. And I think that was a point that was missed by these women in that they kind of went back to the class issue, not the race issue. Mm. And both are very valid, but it's because of the context entry, I think they were really reading it wrong in terms of the, the discussion that they had. So, yeah, that was a really interesting segment for me as well. I remember thinking, wow, you like one of them was just so adamant that white privilege didn't exist. But then when she was trying to explain it, I was like, no love you're basically like she's trying to reverse it and I just was like this is still saying there's white privilege you just don't want to admit it but one of her points was around like that now black people get privileges because of like quotas and this idea (laughs) that was I mean that was horrific when she said that it's what yeah what do you think about that it's I mean obviously I know like you know, there are some people who are definitely against like positive discrimination and this idea that because there are quotas in very much the same, in, for some things there are quotas in the same way that there are for like women on boards, for example. And, you know, people mm-hmm. have got to declare like the gender pay gap and stuff more and more now. You know, there is more pressure to try and at least show what is happening in our universities, in our companies, in our governments, for example you know what level of equality we are going for and I think I can absolutely understand how if there are quotas for anything it can feel as if like positive discrimination is working against you I and I absolutely can get that and actually I you know there's very there's times where I basically don't write down what my ethnicity is and something for some forms because I think you're just going to use me to make your quota up um I'm very conscious of it when I yeah I'm very conscious when I apply for jobs sometimes that I'm like I don't want you to get to use me as a stat to make you feel good about yourself um but then so I, I would... suppose that's sorry no right. you... I know I was just I was just thinking that I think that's a really beautiful example of white privilege and that that's something I've never thought about yeah yeah I mean I definitely because I just think there are certain situations where I'm like oh I'm like you don't need to know this right now do you get what I mean like I don't they there's so much uh, emphasis now in England I feel on like asking for all sorts of equality questions during the, in- the interview process and they say like it's not going to end up with your application but I'm like really I've been in these companies some of these companies this is this the way the process is working this is not getting separated out mm-hmm. and I just feel as if yes I want to get my position based on my own merit and not because someone else is trying to feel something but then I'd have to say I'm sure there's been times in the past where there's been something I wanted and I was like if I probably put that it's gonna help me so I do I can absolutely understand what the woman was saying about like feeling disadvantaged by the quotas but I just feel as if particularly in America I think the the unevenness within their education system and in in the work system I'm like that quota is not it's not making the the impact I don't feel to the degree that you're thinking that you're going to lose your job over this like you're 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 still gonna be fine your children's still gonna be fine it's just you might have to work a tiny bit harder 
Yeah, yeah. And I think there's been a few examples of this throughout kind of history. I know that like in Oxford and Cambridge universities, like decades ago, class became a thing and that they had to have a quota for people of a lower class. Um, And I do, it just ring keeps, I keep coming back to the whole patriarchy thing with this and that it's a similar with the, the women, the women kind of be equality issue in the, you know, it's, I don't know. I just think, oh, you know, as white people, we've, we've had it a lot easier for a couple of thousand years and now we're getting a little bit frustrated that we're trying to seek equality and, it's ruffling a few feathers. I don't know. It's, um, I suppose it's with the, the, the male thing and, and getting women on boards and stuff. It's like, well, men will be like, Oh, well, I've got less chance of being on a board because they're trying to get more women. And it's like, yeah, but you've had 2000 years of just being able <laughs> to walk into a, a role, you know, it's so I'm, I don't know where I am on that. It's, I'm a bit like, I think I'm still figuring that out for myself. Yeah. And this is the thing I think is a really good point. Cause what um, they did say at some point in the documentary about this idea that, you know, white people have been elevated through history and at the subsequent mm. was because black people were like put down. And if we have any system, which is exactly the same system as what happened with men and women, if we have any system where someone is elevated, then it means someone else isn't. And I can absolutely understand that if you have had all the power and you've had all the money and you've had everything else that goes with it, that you would feel threatened by any sort of change into how that structure works. Mm. Like, and that's why I think I've got quite a, you know, a very open view that I do think, well, we're not one to judge. Like if the shoe was on the other foot, you know, would I be really happy that now I'm having to work harder, that life isn't as easy? Like, no, all of us want an easy life. Let's be real. That is the reality. And anything that's threatening that to you, I can absolutely understand how people could be like be threatened by it and it you know it can bring up issues but I think there's a difference between admitting that and new and just and it being a difficult place to be in and then versus saying this doesn't exist and Mm. I think that's the thing with the women was that them being like this doesn't exist was what was frustrating for me rather than it just being like her coming up with facts was to make her life harder that I can agree with and I think what was also really was really interesting was the fact that Chelsea visited her old boyfriend who was so she'd had a black boyfriend as a teenager and when it talked around all the stuff around prison and the law system and there was like some facts that was just like just crazy about just how much more likely a black youth is going to go to prison like the difference between um at youth prison level and at adult prison level and like Chelsea was really honest about like being stopped in a car and the fact that she, like, her boyfriend would have drugs in the car and he would get taken, to, like, the police would take him away and she'd get away fine. And mm. I'm like, that is just, like, a prime example. Like, you're in the same car and you're still getting away with it. And, yeah, you could be saying, but he's a sexual drug dealer and she wasn't. But just that fact, it was, you know, she really seemed to realise when she went back to meet him just how much she got away with situations and how that just turned her life in a, com- a complete different situation and how then he just went down a really not great route for life. But the fact is she didn't notice it at the time. Yeah, and that that's something that is probably the... Let's go back to like the core of what pri- white privilege is, and and she was very honest that she said she was so oblivious to the fact that she just kept walking free, and her mm-hmm. black boyfriend kept getting arrested. And they actually talked about um, the metaphor of fish in water, and basically the the 
those who've never really heard of this term. Um, just a little bit off the internet, it says, um, fish don't know that they're in water. If you try to explain it, they say, water, what's water? They're so surrounded by it that it's impossible to see. You can't see it until they jump outside of it. And I think as a white woman, um, and I'm just going to say it because there's no excuses, but I, you are oblivious to it until something happens that teaches you that you have white privilege. And so I think for Chelsea to actually do this documentary was really powerful in that as a white woman, I'm thinking like, how, how can I like be more respectful of the privilege that I have? Because it's a really, um, I, you know, I've always had friends of different, you know, races and cultures, different skin colors. And Still, I never ever thought until I'd probably say two or three years ago, oh, I have always got an advantage in majority situations because of the color of my skin. And so I'm thinking, you know, for these next generations, I mean, we're much more integrated now and things like that, but you know, where does it where does that conversation belong like is it in schools is it parents like because it wasn't an ignorance on my part it was just the fact that I had no clue white privilege existed until and I don't know what the what the moment would have been when I realized it but I I just had no idea um what was it like being in India so the first time I went to India, I remember a really strong um, case of white privilege when we were at a train station and you obviously have the different classes of tickets like you do in England and there was a lounge that you could wait and we were in a queue to get into this lounge and each of the Indian people before me had to show their ticket to prove they had a first class tickets in this lounge. As soon as it came to me and the other people I was traveling with who were white, they just looked at us and said, just go through. We didn't have to show our ticket. And that was probably the most prominent example of white privilege, one of the first ones. And that was, that was yeah, three years ago now, where I thought, hold on, how has the color of my skin shown that I have a first class ticket? Yeah. And that was the first time that it really struck me. In terms of, I mean, it's the whole of the other episode, white privilege in India, just because mm. of the colonization with Britain. But yes, I get treated like an absolute queen when I go to India and I am respected beyond belief. And I am ashamed and scared to say that it is primarily because of the color of my skin. And that saddens me a lot. And there is absolutely nothing I can do about that. And so when I am in India, I try and do my best to like be as open-minded and humble and um, kind of open to learning as much as the culture as possible to try, I suppose, in my own silly way, counteract the fact that I get this natural privilege because of the color of my skin and the way I'm treated. Because there is a guilt there. I, I carried a guilt with me that... Um, things were easier for me in India because of that. 
so yeah yeah I'm not saying and then I say it wasn't easy like oh poor you poor white girl I don't mean it like that but it yeah yeah, I don't know whatever I say it feels wrong <laughs> no 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 this was really interesting because I think one of the things I've all I as I said I do think it's there are definitely similarities in different countries but I definitely think there's differences and I think um this isn't necessarily about white privilege but something I just always felt is like if you've always been the majority you literally never know what it's like to not so, yeah. you know I have you know for the majority of my career I've sat at a table where I'm the only non-white person that is just mm. my normal day-to-day life but I've always thought it's not until unless one of those people actually then goes and they sit at a table where they're the only white person that they would ever really realize it like you're not going to realize it if you're in the majority it's just that's just the norm so that's why I just was like oh I see yeah do you get what I mean it's like yeah the norm is the norm if that makes sense like it's very hard to notice it (laughs) I get that and yeah in a lot of situations in India I was the only white person in a room or on a train carriage or in a shop or anything I suppose it's different though when you're a visitor to a country yeah when you are British and you're a black woman and this is your country, this is your home, this is your nationality, and you're sat in a room and you can't see anyone else that has the same colour of skin as, as you, that's probably a very different thing. You know, I knew that I was a minority going there. Yeah. I knew that everyone else would be of a different skin colour. So, um, but I think it's a really good point. It's, mm. um, it's, but yeah, it's a different thing, I suppose. And there's one other thing that um, in the documentary, Cheryl not Cheryl sorry where that came from Chelsea Chelsea spoke to Carol Anderson (laughs) and she spoke about the like changes in history and you know there has been you know laws were passed obviously to to abolish slavery you know there's loads of different different equality acts that have been happening over time but she just brought up a really important thing to me which around this idea that nowadays I suppose institutionalized racism is just like so much more subtle and it's like still really effective to people but it's so much harder to stop because this isn't people aren't able to get on a bus and people are refused jobs and like this isn't outright in your face blatant Mm. but it's just that subtle underlying level that makes it so much harder to call out um that actually it can be really difficult for people because it's you know, it is then quite difficult for people to try and challenge it because that's when you do get remarks that are just like, you know, you are too sensitive. You're like, people think the world's gone PC crazy, for example. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that that very hard line of being like, you know, what is too far? What What is acceptable? What isn't acceptable? You know, what are you allowed to challenge? Um, and I just thought it was a really good point because I do think I, you know, there were some people that just were like, racism doesn't exist anymore, and like, yeah, white privilege didn't exist, and da da da. And I just was like, all of these things I truly do believe still do exist, but mm-hmm. I think because they're not to the same level, especially I think for older people, I think people that have known it being so much worse, that they're just like, well, like the world is so much better than it was 30 years ago, it's so much better than it was 40 years ago, that it can feel like there's been so much progress that they are like, well, well what are you moaning about? Um, if you're a millennial, so you've only been around for 25 to 35 years, you just see it through today's eyes, not the eyes of the past necessarily. Yeah, that is that is very, very true. And I think for those who say it doesn't exist, I think um, I do believe that they're in societies where they just don't see it because it, they're either in, in a majority 
white society or you know the people that they know of color may be of a status where they're well respected or whatever it may be but I just feel that people just don't see it um, because they don't it's not within their day-to-day and so to them it doesn't exist and they're kind of ignorant to the fact that there's a whole other world out there out of their little bubble of of what they do on a daily basis and where they live and where they work and stuff so yeah I do I think I will say that's a load of absolute nonsense it is there and it probably unfortunately always will be to a certain level um but I think you know like when we've talked about LGBT rights as well as race issues our ancestors and the people before us have worked so hard to get us to where we are today that like you say the millennial generation probably think oh well it's not too bad that's because we fought for decades and centuries to get the levels of equality that we have today um but there's still like a a very very long way to go um so yeah i am another little point i just wanted to make though was about us doing the podcast (laughs) because um i will be really honest so for those of you who don't know i kind of do most of the instagram stuff and uh when i go on canva and i Mm. search for pictures i sometimes really struggle to because I try and balance not just with white and black women but I try and balance um the podcast with you know people from uh, different cultures different races and also you know different sexualities and and as we we want it to be as diverse as possible so women from around the world can relate to the content and messaging that, that we're trying to deliver but say for instance I type in woman on a laptop like eight percent of women on laptops are white and I scroll and I scroll and I think no I need to find a woman who represents the non-white community and I scroll and I scroll and I scroll and I end up having to type in black woman on a a laptop or black woman and hope one's on a laptop (laughs) and you would never type in white woman on a laptop because there's no need because there's lots of white women on laptops and it's something that has been really interesting for me working with you on this podcast and um yeah trying to deliver content that is is really uh equal and um balanced has been a lot it's been a lot harder than if I just use white women all the time I think that's what I'm trying to say Day. and like and again before you did this you probably wouldn't have been looking so you wouldn't have ever realized that I mean exactly. I the issues the the conversations around stock um imagery like in like black female entrepreneur groups is like a is, is one that does get mentioned an awful lot mm-hmm. because and I think that's why I've never really all the rest of the brands and businesses I've ever run I've never had a big stock image focus like I've just tried to take my own photos and stuff um, because it has always been this bit of a it's difficult or I can tell you like there is like I can literally visualize her in my head right now like this black woman that is clearly on a laptop and then she's also in a group shop with friends and da, 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 and it's like then you just see that one woman everywhere like she's clearly a very popular <laughs> choice um, like I can literally see her in my head and actually recently you know I have made I read for Propel Her, I've started to redo all the images for the blog and what was going to stock imagery. And I've ended up using a lot of stuff that's like silhouetted. And I really realised how much I was like leaning that way because I just was, it was like, 
this isn't saying it's anyone that makes sense mm. even though obviously there are still things that denote our race even from a shadow you can still t- see my hair from a shadow etc there just the I re- idea that I realized that more and more I have been just looking for things that are like yeah silhouetted or like from a certain angle that you don't necessarily know and like it, it, it has been really interesting and I think these are all the things I was I remember being really glad when we were featured in is it the good trade yeah and the picture they used was two women that were of different uh, ethnicities and I remember yeah. being happy at least that that's, that was chosen rather than it just because it, it easily could have not been because we obviously we had no control over that feature and what image they used to go alongside it but I remember thinking oh I'm really happy that happened um and so I think you know it is all those sort of things of like how it infiltrates into just like everything you do if you aren't white you you just have to look that a little bit harder for stuff sometimes um and that is a different like that's a totally different conversation but it is interesting that for you to have that experience now just because you're working with me um and that's the sort of thing why I feel there's a massive power in having diversities of like friendship groups and of your circle and all this sort of stuff because you know I still I'm like there's so many things I don't know about so many other different cultures um and I you know so much of the you learn so much by having people that are actually close to you that aren't the same as you rather than them just being like some sort of stereotype that's far away from you if that makes sense yeah yeah 100% agree um I know that this episode has been quite a heavy deep one but I think it was absolutely necessary and I suppose from a white woman's point of view what I would like women to take away from this white women in particular is to start talking about this more and like Chelsea did start talking about this with white friends like you know it doesn't need to be any more than let's talk about white privilege and just see what happens because I do think right now it's the only way we can start to move forward with this um so that's kind of what I ask if you can take that away the next time you meet with your girlfriends just say look guys I know this is a really heavy topic but do you mind if we just spend some time talking about white privilege and just see what comes up and start this conversation and hopefully that will start spreading and and we can start as white people to understand it more and um, be better white people <laughs> I suppose um Sherelle what what kind of do you want to leave viewers with you know from from your perspective um I think mainly just the idea of the right at the end of the documentary she was saying about like start in your local community like start where you're at and I think that's what I think is really important is you know I don't expect anyone to go out there and like change the world but everyone can do small things that mm. can make a difference to other people. And I, I just think like of everything, like I think, yes, obviously we'll talk about white privilege, but like we have spoken about like the implications that has on class and the implication, like how we're treated because of our, like our sexual orientation or because of our, um, what's the other one? I just forgot. Our gender. We're lovely women. Um, yeah. But there's all these ideas that like, you know, really like making a bit of effort to talk to people that aren't necessarily exactly the same of you and and then and have honest conversations like I think and I know that's really difficult and I think it can be hard um you know I think I'm quite I'm quite open and I try not to 
I try to have really frank conversations with most of my white friends. Like I'm just one of those people that I just think this is, you know, this is part of life. Um, this is the reality of what I go through, but you won't know that. Um, and I try and have really frank, honest conversations and try not to take anything personal what comes back to me so that I feel that people know it's quite safe to have a conversation with me and that I'm not going to like um, judge them, I suppose, in a way. And like we've had conversations very too, like at the beginning, you're like, oh, this is like hard to talk about. I'm like, yeah, but I want to have those conversations. Um, mm. So I think it is about just like trying to open up. And I think actually I've been having a big thing recently where I say to everyone, you know, we all keep a lot of stuff inside of us and that doesn't help anyone. Mm. And, but yes, some of these conversations are hard to have, but actually most people will, if it gets to the point where you're pushing them too far, they'll just stop and you'll realise, okay, this is maybe someone I just shouldn't be having this conversation with. But actually there's probably a lot of black women that would like to have this have a conversation, not just with their black friends and actually be able to start to be like, okay, what can we actually do? What are the small changes in life? Like, how can you support? Um, so just like start opening up the conversation as Beverly said, and yes, if you're white, like you can do it white and white and have those conversations. But also if you are in a mixed group, um, I think having those conversations so people know that they can, I think so many of us just feel like we can't have it. And we've like, even to have this podcast has been really difficult. And I think both me and Verity are like, oh, it's, you know, you feel like you can be judged. And if you feel like you can be judged when you're sitting in a, in a you know, in the pub with your friends having the conversation, then imagine trying to have it online. So um, <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's just all open up a little bit and just try and talk about it and like, let's see where it takes us. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Free and Figuring It Out. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss the next installment. And if you want to be a superstar, please leave us a review. Or you can get in touch with us. Drop us an email at freeandfiguringitout at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time.